What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football, and we are here directly after the Chiefs and Chargers game. Um, I've had a couple drinks. I've had some pizza, and I've been on an emotional roller coaster watching the Kansas City Chiefs once again in Week 11 just have me going, what the hell is going on? That's pretty much it. We're going to break down a couple games. There's a lot of topics that happened over the weekend since the last time we talked to you guys. So we're going to break down everything from Cap, Thursday Night Football, Haskins, and the Tua injury. Yes, we are getting into college football. I am enjoying it because that just means I get to watch more football. And my girlfriend goes, oh, I thought you just had to watch the NFL. Well, guess what, babe? I get to watch it all now. So, boom, here we go. Treese, how's your weekend? I'm going to just kind of cut it back here a second. <laughs> just just cut it back a little. It was good, man. It was a fun time. Went to the Utah game, had a great tailgate. It was chilly cook-off week, which is always the best tailgating uh, session that we have. So that was awesome, and Utes dominated. They've gone like 14 quarters at home without giving up a touchdown. They're dominating, and um, I'm ready for them to start facing some top 10 teams. And, hey, they might be deserving of a, a playoff spot. That number four spot, they might be deserving of hey. it. I mean, I remember someone trying to say last week, like, hey, there's a possibility of it. You no, said there's a chance. You said, you said Oregon. I mean, at first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this chili cook-off, let me ask about it. You got, like, your own special recipe? Because I got a story about special recipes. But I yes. just want to know your chili cook-off. You got your own recipe and everything? Yeah, I do. So I have two. Um, I usually go with the spice, a really spicy one, but I actually went with it was still spicy, but it was actually a vegan one this this year. And at, okay. yes, the look you just gave me was what everybody else gave me until I said try it, and then literally everybody loved it, and it was basically gone by the time the cookoff was over. So it's like that Burger King commercial where everyone's like, all these cowboys are like, oh, I only eat real beef. I'm a country guy. You know, give me, there ain't no way this is the real beef. I love Burger King. Yeah. Um, it's an impossible burger. What? <laughs> no what? way. That's impossible. <laughs> I'm only an actor, but wow. <laughs> we totally. So my, my chili recipe story here. I uh, started this new job about a year and a half ago. Uh, gets around the holiday season. I'm like, hey, let's have. Let's kind of have like a crock pot type event at work. Like everyone make your own type of chili. You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll judge and see how it goes. And I'm sitting here going, man, I got my grandpa's recipe. You guys are going to love it. You're not going to be able to believe Like you're not going to understand how good this is. And here's the thing. My grandpa, he does got a good chili recipe. He makes really good chili. But the twist in the story is he ain't sharing it with nobody. So what I did, uh, my coworkers don't know this. I make a quick trip to Walmart. I grab a couple cans off the shelf. I go home and put it in a crock pot, heat it up, take it to work the next day, and everyone's eating it. And like, wow, this is really good. Your grandpa's got a really good recipe, Austin. Look at you go. This is awesome. Welcome to the team. Well, I let it go, win the, win the competition here, let a couple weeks go by. And I'm like, like hey, you know, thinking about that chili, it's really good. Like, what was it? You know, you answering Sharon? I was like, yeah. Just ran to Walmart, grabbed a couple cans off the shelf, put it in the crock pot, and gave it to you guys. Um, to say they were pissed was an understatement because I won the competition and got like an extra time off for the day or the week and got to go home early. And, you know, you win some, you lose some in that time. I won it and I felt pretty comfortable with it. So if anyone's out there and they're in a cooking competition, just say, yeah, it's a grandparents secret recipe. Everybody believes it. Nobody's going to question it. 
Make a run to the store and just grab it off the shelf. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I Trace, you're disappointed. I lost so much respect for people of Kansas City. No, 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 no. Don't put this on Kansas City. Put this no. on me. This no. has not. I got this idea from nobody else but myself. The idea is great. The people that voted for you to win by eating canned chili and not knowing what the difference is, <laughs> that's on Kansas City. Ah, all right, you got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> got a point there. Speaking of points, though, let's go ahead and get in the news or into the storyline that's been covering all news stations and newsworthy topics across the weekend, across the NFL, in the world of football, and that's Colin Kaepernick. Um, earlier last week, there's a storyline of Colin Kaepernick's having an exclusive workout uh, for the NFL. Every team's invited. I don't. It was every no team was required to go, but they were requested. You know what I mean? It was this big announcement. So of course, teams are sending their reps. Um, it gets time for the workout. The Colin Kaepernick finds out that media is not allowed into the workout. He goes, "Nope, not doing it." Then I want the media to watch this. I want them to be a part of it. I want to be able to speak to them. He then moves the location to, I believe it was an hour or so out of the city of Atlanta where the workout was going to be held um, at a local high school field. This then disrupted several NFL teams' travel plans that had sent scouts to watch um, to where only four teams were able to make it. Four teams scouts were able to be represented um, at the workout itself, but media coverage was able to be there, so it kind of threw some things off. But that is the news that is kind of – going around the NFL and going around the world of football right now. And Trace, I want to know your thoughts on this or you want me to keep going. Okay. I have watched and listened to absolutely zero people discuss this. I have not wanted any, I did not want to hear any other thoughts. I did not want my opinions to be transcended or transcribed from somebody else because of this. And so this has just been my own thoughts and opinions that I've just kind of been cooking up over the weekend until this moment. And that's if, and that is if you are Colin Kaepernick and you have been in out of the NFL for three years and your main focus has to get back and you have worked your ass off, as you've said, been ready and been prepared for three years to come try out for the NFL and get your shot at coming back into the league where you have, pretty much been blackmailed. I think that's kind of fair to say. Everyone would agree that there's a possibility or potential of him being blackmailed and being forced out of the league due to his political stance on things and what he represented. What he has done has created conversation amongst everyone in the United States, whether people have liked it or not, that conversation has been sparked. No matter what side you stand on, people are talking about it. Whether you like what's being talked or what's being said, you have to appreciate the fact that Colin Kaepernick has done what he wanted to do. He has created conversation and brought awareness to a subject that indifferentiates the way that some people are viewed, respected, and treated as human beings in this country. No matter whether you have a badge on your chest or, rep or you're representing a badge, Colin Kaepernick has created the conversation on the way some people are viewed and treated depending on your role in civilization. So here's my opinion on Colin Kaepernick with this workout. If you are getting a chance, a shot from the NFL, where you are being secluded, secluded in a workout for every team to be invited to watch you play, 
just you, just you work out and show what you have been working on the last three years. Yes, you have receivers that you've not worked with. You have Hugh Jackson supposedly leading your workout, a guy that I don't even know. I don't know if anyone knows if they've ever talked before or worked out together in any way that he's going to be the one that leads this workout. So if this is the case, why do you kind of, necess- in a sense, move, like ruin, not ruin, but you mess everything up that has been set for you to succeed and showcase your skill in front of NFL scouts and go, I want the media to be a part of it so they can watch me throw. If you're, I feel like if you're this ready and you want in the NFL this bad, why do you have to turn it into a media frenzy? Why can you not take the opportunity that has been presented to you to showcase your skill in front of every team in the NFL or every team that has sent a scout for you to this workout to watch you play? Why do you toss that out the window to go, I want the media to be there and I want the media to be involved? I feel like your message has been sent enough. We are aware of what's going on. We understand what is going on. You want to be in the NFL? I'll tell you, a lot of us want you to be in the NFL. We watch games on Sunday, and we go, hey, Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than this dude who's thrown five interceptions this game. No names. I'm not saying any names that have been thrown out there, but when you watch an NFL game on a team that plays in New York and this dude throws five interceptions, why are you sitting here going, huh, Colin Kaepernick's out there. Why don't we bring him in for a tryout? If you're Colin Kaepernick, my thoughts are this. Why do you throw away that opportunity to play in front of as many teams as possible and showcase your skill to then mess everything up for those guys that are traveling to watch you and move it an hour away to play just in front of media and be able to say a couple words that you wanted to say? You can say that after the workout. That's my thoughts. I feel like if you're ready and you're prepared, you should have just taken the opportunity that was given to you and go with it and roll with it. Instead, it had to be turned into a media frenzy. It had to be turned into another subject where people are getting pissed off and talking about it instead of just going, okay, hope the workout went well. Treese, hopefully this message makes sense. It is received by you and understood. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, clear as day. Um, he's being blackballed, not blackmailed first off. But um, Thank you. You're welcome. But for me, so I get what you're saying. Um, and honestly, the way that he kind of spoke at the end it, um, with the media kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, but for me, why does the NFL not allow some media people there in the first place? That's what bothers me, actually, I think the most. Why can't it be scouts just watching a workout plus media there? They do that for pro days every single year. Every single school does it. It, it literally is just like a pro day. Just think of it like that. There's plenty of media there. There's plenty of scouts there. And you sit out on the side, and you have one coach running the drills with wide receivers or running backs or whatever you want them to be, tight ends. And then you just do the, do the whole workout. And then at the end, you answer some questions, ask some questions, do all the stuff with media or scouts. Why can it not all just be like that? It bothers me that the NFL is trying to make like silo this off into this private thing where it's like, oh, it's only Colin Kaepernick and it's only scouts. I mean, to Colin Kaepernick's defense, I mean, like you said, he's being blackballed, right? So if he doesn't have media there, who's to say that all these scouts then don't just go, yeah, he fucking sucked. He didn't complete anything. He did horrible. 
And then Colin Kaepernick sitting there like, uh, no, that's not what happened. And now we have this fall, this back and forth thing. So I think he wanted it more, not so much just so he could talk, but I think it was more, hey, I want to show media. I want to show everybody what I have left to do. And then he obviously, he obviously had that speech planned for at the end. 100% did. And he wanted that to be heard. So, again, to your point, if it's all about football at some point, and I'm not saying don't talk. I'm not saying that. Like, athletes should be able to talk the way they want, how they want, whenever. But maybe there was one time there was like, okay, I'm going to just make this about my skill on the field here. And then if I get an opportunity, obviously, if somebody comes reaches out to me, I'm one, going to say what I want to say. And two, if a team reaches out, then, hey, we've got to have this con- this discussion of, I'm not going to just sit there and be quiet, though. Like, if you want me, you get everything that comes with me. If you don't, then you don't. And I, I completely agree with that. I'm not a type of person that builds an opinion and then rides with it thinking I'm right, whether I'm right or I'm wrong. I, I definitely thought of what you just said as well. I just didn't announce it there. Um, I think we're both kind of on the same page of this could have been just taken as more of an opportunity to kind of showcase your skill and what you've worked on the last three years to get yourself back in the league. And it kind of turned into something that not everyone really wanted it to. I think that's what the NFL wanted to avoid in a sense. And Teresa and I, we haven't discussed this. We have not built these opinions within ourselves. This is our first time talking about it. Before we got on air, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm just saving what I have to say for the pod. He kind of gave me a warning. I'm like, please don't do this or please don't do that. I was like, don't worry about it. Like, I've been preparing this myself over the weekend. And that was kind of my speech, whether it was great or not. It was, it's been out there. So it's kind of nice to be able to say that and get it off my chest personally. And yeah. One other thing. Um, how perfect a timing is this for the NFL, though? Because everybody's talking about Colin Kaepernick's workout and not Thursday night. Nobody's talking about it anymore. They had to they had to fight off that fire for 24 hours, and now it's about Colin Kaepernick and a workout. They don't have they didn't have to fight the fire. They just had to sit back and put their feet up. That's and true. When it came back to the Colin Kaepernick conversation, they just put their hands right behind their head, and they go, "Look at us go, boys! Look yeah. at us go, boys and girls!" Yeah, it was it was good timing for sure. Just on, I mean, they just, it's the NFL, man. It's a business that's never going to fail. I don't see it failing anytime soon. But Thursday night, thank you for bringing it up because let's discuss it. This is a game that I was watching, and I'm going to be honest with you. I was getting pissed. I was like, there is no reason the Steelers should be losing this game because I had betted on the Steelers. Trace, we both did on them winning the game. And then here come the freaking Browns. Here comes Baker Mayfield, not being predictable and rolling out to the right. Looked okay. Had a nice little pump fake rolling out to the right, actually, as I say that. Sets his feet and then throws a dart down the right side of the field. Looks good. Good for the Browns. Good for Baker Mayfield. OBJ's getting targeted. Landry's getting targeted. They're spreading the ball around. Uh, Hunt's getting involved. Chubb's having a good game. And then you go to the Steelers, and it's like Mason Rudolph is just kind of like, eh, fuck it. Here's here's a ball. There it is. There's a bad decision. Here's a good decision. Nah, that's an okay decision. Here's a bad decision, bad decision. And then the end of the game happens. And at that point, like I said here, this is what I'm not going to lie about. I went to bed after his last interception. 
The last interception he threw, I think it was in the fourth quarter. I said, yep, I'm fucking done. I'm going to bed. Turn off the TV, turn off my PlayStation, up the stairs, in my bed, snuggled in, and all of a sudden I have this little voice in the back of my head that goes, maybe you should just kind of check out the game and see how it ended, right? There was about three minutes left when I, when I walked away from it. Turned up on my phone, and it was like, <laughs> the first tweet I see is, this is why you don't stop watching football. And I was like, holy shit, the Steelers made a comeback. I scroll up, and it was like, I can't believe Miles Garrett did this. Holy cow. And I was like, maybe Miles Garrett had an interception. What's going on? And all of a sudden, here's the video, and fucking Miles Garrett is going, wham, <laughs> to Mason Rudolph's head. It's like he's playing a freaking game at a carnival, right? Where you just swing that sledgehammer, and you hear, ding. Yeah, whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah, yeah whack-a-mole. The one where you, know, where you swing the, jack, the hammer, and you hit it, and then the ball shoots all the way up, and you hit the bell. I yeah. mean, this dude freaking ding, 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 hit the jackpot on his head on the head, like with the hit on the head of Mason Rudolph, because Mason Rudolph, whether you want to say his hand was stuck or whatever, there was some scruffling on the ground after the sack, whether you call it a late hit or not, it was there. Miles Garrett gets up and goes, you're going to try and take my helmet. This is how you do it, son. Takes it off. Mason Rudolph comes back around the corner. Miles Garrett goes, no, sir freaking windmills that son of a bitch and just whacks it on top of his head. I know everyone's already seen it. It's just me getting an opportunity to kind of tell the story in my way. Um, thanks for listening. But, Trees, what are your thoughts after watching this? Good, bad, funny, hilarious, uh, demeaning, disappointment? What do, you, what do you got here? What are your feelings towards this whole whack-a-mole event with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph? Yeah, so first off, I'm going to talk nothing about the game because like, it, it's irrelevant at this point. <laughs> What's relevant is, yeah, is this scenario. And um, Mason Rudolph, clearly in the wrong, should not have been doing what he was doing, trying to take the helmet off. Um, a lot of Browns fans want to try to like be throwing it like he's trying to hit him in the nuts multiple times. I think he did once, but then there's another time that people are trying to take pictures and like circle things like, see, his hand's nailed by his nuts. I'm like, Dude, he's just fucking moving. Relax. Calm the <laughs> fuck down. Like that, that's he's not trying to do anything here. Um, so one, he's clearly in the wrong. Um, that does not mean Miles Garrett gets to go fucking crazy on people and start trying to murder them and straight up murder them. Like, have you seen the videos of the people that have helmets hitting on their wooden chairs? Yeah, and the chair splits in half. Splits in half. Yeah, yeah. you're doing that to somebody's head, dude. So um, for Miles Garrett's such a good guy, and he's so like he got punched in the face in his car, and he didn't do anything about it. This isn't who Miles Garrett is. No, it is. You you are what you do. <laughs> so yeah. um, unacceptable. I love that the NFL suspended him for the entire year and said, "Hey, if you guys make it to the playoffs, or you guys make this run. Fuck it, you're out there here too." Um, I I thought it was awesome. Good for the NFL. For once, they probably had a good suspension. Because they usually don't. Um, I thought, honestly, Mason Rudolph prob- probably should have got one game. I mean, just to just to prove a point there, he probably should have got one game. Uh, Marquis Pouncey, three games. Perfect. And he would do it all over again. Like, yep. you defend your quarterback. I thought what he did was awesome. I have no problem with what he did. So, um, overall... I, I can't wait. They had their appeal on Wednesday. So in two days from now is when he's doing his appeal and he's doing it in person, I guess. But 
NFL can't back down at this point. They have to just keep it. Like, they're not going to move it. There's no way. Best case scenario, they say, okay, it's just for the season. If you guys make it to the playoffs, like, sure, you can play. But I still don't think they do it. I think they just uphold it. Yeah. The uh, the bin that Marquise Pouncey had to come around the fiasco to start hitting Miles Garrett looked about as clean as Miles Garrett coming, you know, bending off the edge. Like, <laughs> yeah. that dude came off. Uh, <laughs> Fire like a blazing ball of fire, just punches and kicks. And hey, that's my quarterback. Whether he's good or not, I'm defending him. And like you said about the helmet, I was really starting to think like, man, just imagine if the helmet was turned the other way. You know what I mean? It was like the front lobe of the helmet. But the part that he got hit with has to kind of hurt even more because it's just a single like all that weight coming down like on one side of the helmet in that one sector. It's like with the bend of the helmet just comes down on the, the way it hit his head. Like you just think that has to hurt. Like, yeah, oh, getting sure. hit by a helmet, there's no good, like there's no part of it that's going to feel good. But I like getting hit by the, the edge of something like that and the force of Miles Garrett, yeah, that kind of has, like that's got to leave an indention. No concussion, no anything. Um, This whole, this, this thing that I have with, with Mason Rudolph right now, I don't know how it's going to be received. But listening to him speak after the game, I just kind of had this feeling deep inside. It was like, dude, you're a fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> like listening to him talk where he was like, that was a cowardly or what is this? It was yeah, Bush like, League and it was yeah. cowardly. And he's like, I'm just not going to let anyone like bully me. That you know that you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a bully in a principal's office going, I'm not gonna let anyone like bully me. Yeah, he got a good shot, but maybe I have been doing the bullying all along and it just came back to bite me in the ass. But listening to him talk, I was just like, Mason Rudolph, you're a fucking douche. Like, is, was that not perceived by anyone else that maybe this kid growing all the way up was just a major fucking douchebag? Maybe he was a really nice guy, real kind hearted dude. But just looking at him, I don't know, just just that perception that I had listening to him talk. And I was like, this guy's a douche. Like, yeah, he got hit by a helmet. Probably shouldn't have happened, but douche. But he's still a douche. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, I'll let you have your take there. Um, But going back to the game, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it. But, I mean, dude, there were a lot of nasty hits in this game. A lot. That by Randall hit, dude, uncalled for. Whew. Ouch. Uh, Who was that on? Deontay Johnson. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, the juju hit. He has a concussion and a hurt and knee. knee. Yep. <laughs> yep. Totally. Um, Connor left the game with an injury as well. So I mean, they were just beat up on offense, man. Like they they had no answer. Nope. So, um, yep. That's about my take on this. I think I think the NFL did pretty well on their suspensions. Again, I think Rudolph probably should have got a game for this and. Honestly, I wouldn't have been mad over two games, but I think one game would have been fair there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see after all the uh, appeals go down, see if anything gets changed. Yep, I agree with you. So let's go ahead and hit to our next topic that's been making its waves around the Twitter world and around the world of football, and that is the video Dwayne Haskins talking to his offensive lineman on the sideline. If you haven't seen the video yet, you should definitely go watch it. Um, it's kind of hard to hear or understand what Haskins is saying. But you get the gist of him asking his offensive lineman, what can I do to help you? And it's clear as day that one of his offensive linemen just kind of rolls his eyes, like smirks at it, and I was like, 
man, this dude just duddered. Like, I mean, it's just one of those smart ass responses from a guy that should be doing his job and isn't and is blaming other people for it. It's exactly what it looked like on the offensive lineman. I don't know his name. I know his number was 66, um, if I'm right. But watching that, whether you're a fan of the Redskins, you're a fan of Haskins, or a fan of football in general, you see the the stress and the want of Haskins to go, what can I do to help? Is there anything that I'm doing that is affecting your performance on keeping me from getting just smacked around back here because whatever's going on isn't working either way. So I feel really bad for Haskins. Uh, it's going to be hard to evaluate him as the future quarterback for the Redskins just due to the performance of his teammates, the reaction of them. It looks like there's not much want from anyone on the Redskins, let alone the offensive line. It's it's a tough situation to be in for Haskins, and I just hope that what happened to Josh Rosen doesn't happen to Haskins where your first round quarterback drafted and then a new coach, a new regiment comes in and goes, that's not my quarterback. I want this guy. And you're just kind of left and forgotten about in a team that is also thinking for a different quarterback for their future. Yeah. So that was a great way of explaining it. Uh, yeah, you're right. The only thing that you can hear is at the start where he goes, no, 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 fuck that. What can I do to help you guys? Like, that's that's how the video starts, and then you can't really understand what he says the rest of the way. Um, <clears throat> but if you're anyone on that offensive line, you can't act like that because you, you've allowed six sacks that game at that point, and your team is garbage. You have one win on the year. You're going to have the number two overall pick. You're... You think that, like, you're going to have a job very soon? Like, you could be three months away from not having a job, and now there's this video of you doing that? It's going to turn off a lot of GMs. Like, be like, oh, see, he doesn't even care about the most important asset of your team, which is the quarterback. So, uh, I feel bad because Haskins was my QB1 in this draft. I was a very strong believer in Haskins, and I still am. I think that honestly, I think you get Trent. You find a way to get Trent Williams back. You fire every one of your medical staffs. You fire everybody to and get new guys in there so he feels good. You draft an extra lineman or two. I think they're going to have some weapons there. Jerry's guys look awesome, and Terry McLaurin looks awesome. I mean, like you get one more another outside guy. I mean, Paul Richardson's no slouch. I mean. I think that there could be enough to work with with Haskins where a new head coach will be like, yeah, I don't need a new quarterback. I can I can work with Haskins. That's my take. And I completely agree with you. I think you're right. Um, let's go ahead and get into this last topic that we want to discuss, and that is the quarterback for Alabama, a guy that had come into the season as the top-rated quarterback for this next year's draft. Um, unfortunately, he has gone down with a hip injury that has left him out for the rest of the season. He had surgery yesterday morning for you guys listening. Um, it was a very successful surgery. They also fixed his nose that was broken as well. I don't know if a lot of people realize that he has broken his nose. It wasn't just red from crying, from almost breaking his hip at the game. It is the fact that he broke it and was bleeding everywhere as well as dealing with a dislocated hip on the field. Successful surgery on the nose and the hip, and they said it's going to be three months 
um, of recovery. He'll be fully recovered within three months, depending on how he does. He is on a diet-restricted or, like, weight-gaining type of diet through this process um, because every time he has dealt with an injury, he puts on weight, like, very quickly. You know, he deals with an ankle injury. Boom, there's, like, 20 pounds. That's just how quickly he is able to gain weight. If you kind of look into it, it would make sense if you know who Tua is and where he is from and their heritage. It does not appear that gaining weight is a difficult thing. That is not meant to be funny or disrespectful. That's just frankly the truth, right? So this injury with Tua, Treese, what are your thoughts on it? I feel like you should get to talk first about one of these topics here. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, Well, obviously, you have to feel bad. You have to feel horrible for the kid. Um, But honestly... Like for, I I never actually thought that he belonged as like a top five pick. I I thought he was a late first round type quarterback for me. Um, so maybe the pressure's off there. But like long term, you just hope that he's okay. And again, like you said, sounds like surgery went well. It sounds like they think that he'll be able to start thro- if everything goes well the next couple months. He can start throwing in March. I think is what they said. So I mean, by the time the draft comes around, at least they he's throwing the ball. He's going to be healthy. He'll be able to explain like where he's at in his rehab and everything like that. Um, it's going to end up being. I know they don't have red shirt in NFL, but it's going to be a bit red shirt year. You're you're not planning on getting anything out of him his rookie year, so he's like a perfect fit for a team that has an aging quarterback now, like that's later in the later in round one that they can get him. Say, hey, that's all right. Our guy still needs another. Still has another year left in the tank, or has two more years left in the tank. Um, and now you don't have to rush back. Like, just take your time. You're going to be in our facility. We're going to make sure you're right. Make sure you're learning the system and everything. Um, you're just happy to hear that it's not as bad as the Bo Jackson injury, which it sounds like it could have been. The only difference is Bo Jackson just kept playing on it mm-hmm. because he didn't know exactly what was going on, and he just kept playing on it and got hurt. And they obviously now that we're in 2019, we can understand injuries a lot better than back in that age. Exactly. Um, with Tua, you you hate to see a guy end his collegiate career this way. Um, a very phenomenal quarterback in the collegiate world, one of the best we've ever seen. Ridiculous numbers, ridiculous wins, coming in against Georgia in a national championship game and a walk off throw touchdown in the second half. You come in, Jalen Hurts, and you you win you win the season for your team. You win the hearts of every Alabama fan, and then you continue to roll with it. You've been dealing with injuries to overcome them. You just had a tough loss against Alabama. You go in against Mississippi State, and now you dislocate your hip, and that is your career of collegiate football is now over. Um, It's tough for Alabama as well. Alabama will find a way to continue to compete. It's who they are. It's what they're going to do moving forward. But with Tua... And Trees kind of touched up on this. He's going to get that year to kind of rest in the NFL and go from there. He's going to land on a team that is going to give him an opportunity to do that and to get accustomed to the speed of the NFL. Whether he truly needs it or not, he's going to get it, which is good for him. There's plenty of teams that have an aging quarterback or a question mark at the quarterback position heading into this next season, whether it's their own quarterback near retiring, whether it's one they pick up in free agency, one they trade for, one that they potentially draft that from what we've seen the last couple of years. You draft someone, you go, eh, fuck it. This coach doesn't work with this quarterback. Let's just get rid of both of them, right? It's what we're kind of seeing. 
But with Tua here, this doesn't affect his draft stock. It doesn't have anything to do with that. He's going to be fine. And if he does fall a little bit in the draft, excuse me for saying this doesn't affect his draft stock. It definitely does. That was fucking idiotic. I, mean, I don't know what I was thinking there. Beer's kicking in here, Trees. Um, this does affect it, duh. But he's going to be... He's going to land in a spot that he originally wouldn't have, and that's going to be good for him and any team who lands him because this is just going to be a motivating factor of I've been dealing with a lot of injuries in college, and I've been coming back maybe a little sooner than I would like for my team to continue the season of what it is. That's not saying anything against Alabama, Coach Saban, or anything like that. That's not it. It's just the fact of maybe you're feeling rushed as well because you're a kid who wants to lead a team and show that you are tough. But at some point, you got to realize, like, hey, I need to get myself healthy before I come back. This is your opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to get fully healthy, get fully accustomed, and fully trained, ready to go. And then once it's your time to shine in the NFL, it's going to be just like you did in college with Alabama in a national championship game. You're going to get that opportunity. You're going to make the most of it. And we're going to be asking everyone. Everyone's going to be asking themselves in the draft, why wasn't he picked sooner? Well, Pretty obvious reason why, because this does affect his draft stock. And if one says differently, they're a freaking moron, <laughs> aka me. But did you, just say, you want to add on this? Did you just say that because you saw my the look in my face when you said that? No, I said it, and I like I looked up, and I was talking and thinking at the same time of just like, yes, it does. Like, what are you saying here? Dude just dislocated his fucking hip. He's not being drafted in the top ten. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's really about it. So, um, okay, quick question, and then we're going to get into a few games. And we're not going to do every game today because of all these other topics, so just bear with us for a second. But me and my coworkers were talking today, and I have a question. Okay. You have a game. You have to win. Like, you have to win this game. You have to choose... Jay Cutler or Jameis Winston to be your quarterback? Who are you choosing? Jay Cutler. Me too. And my coworkers got pissed at me. They were all like, how? How do you choose Jay Cutler? I'm like, how do you choose Jameis Winston? Have you watched Jameis Winston play? (laughs) Their team needs a late drive in the first half. What's this son of a gun do? Goes, hey, my running back's covered by a linebacker and a safety over the top. Watch me zip this fucker right over his head into that safety that's behind him. Pick six. Other team goes into the half, up seven, and gets the ball back. And Jameis Winston's going, that little fucking squinty face that he makes. We're just sitting there like, oh, damn, didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, that right there. Wish I could take a picture of that. It's like, no, you're not going to pick Jameis Winston. I would rather take Jay Cutler, a guy who I've watched had fourth quarter comebacks. I've watched him do it against the Chiefs. Yeah, maybe he throws off his back foot a little bit. Maybe he doesn't care as much. But when his team has an opportunity in the fourth quarter in a game-winning drive or a game that needs to be won, I'm probably taking experience in someone that I trust, not a dude who's going to go, I think I can get that in there for sure, for sure, for sure. Let me eat a W here. Guess what? You didn't eat shit, and you're squinting at the fact that you threw an interception again. So, no. Jay Cutler, thank you. Okay, I'm glad you agree with me, <laughs> but like, I mean, like they're both trash. Like, I I would rather just pick. Can I play quarterback? <laughs> but, um, and I'm just kidding. I don't want to play quarterback. I, I do. Put me in there. I'll see what I can do. Nope. No. Nope, fuck that. No thanks. Um. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank you for answering that for me. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Anytime. 
All right, let's start out with do you. I think we should start out with the game that just happened because it's very fresh in your brain. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say there. Let's go ahead and go. No one else can see this but us, but let's go from bottom to top here. Yep. yep. Down up. Sweet. Here we go. The Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs were favored by three and a half, and they did just that by winning. So good for the Chiefs. This game, though, was an emotional roller coaster. Um, one that I had a sick feeling on that was a lot of bad was going to come from it. And what came from it was a good performance by the defense. That's that's it. The defense stepped up when they needed him. Frank Clark had a game. So everyone that's on Twitter talking shit on Frank Clark, zip it. I'm tired of hearing it. The dude, yes, it may have been against a beat-up offensive line for the Chargers. But, hey, he did what he's getting paid to do, so good for him. Let me go ahead and check that off here. Phillip Rivers, man, he's done. He is a done. Three interceptions, maybe two interceptions, depending on what you call um, the strip sack fumble, if that's what you want to call it, whatever it is. There's at least two slash three interceptions here by Phillip Rivers. His season is over. The shot putting, we're seeing it come to an end. Um, you hate to see it because he is so good. I don't mind seeing it this game because it's against my team, but from an unbiased standpoint, you do wish that Phillip Rivers would not have these interceptions or make these mistakes, whether you're playing in Mexico or not. Maybe the altitude has to affect the <laughs> the depth perception or maybe the carry of the ball down the field or the fact that you try and throw to your running back that you've thrown to the last three straight times. And Daniel Sorensen, Dirty Dan, finally goes, you know what, it's time to end this game. Boom, interception, here we go. Patrick Mahomes takes a knee on his left knee because it's the left knee or the right knee that he injured. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. If you did, props clapping for you. But this game, like I said, an emotional roller coaster. The offensive play calling was fucking atrocious. Just absolutely awful. Third and long, running the ball. Third and four, you throw a screen pass or you make a rollout to the left. Like, what is going on? I don't know. I don't know if they even know. I don't like the rollout calls on a third down. You you cut half. You cut half the. You cut the field in half. Let me stutter my way through this. You cut the field in half. It makes it it's easy for the defense to kind of understand where you're going. I don't like that. You're the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand Tyreek Kill is injured, but that doesn't mean your offense then has to be limited. Shady McCoy sits out with a potential concussion. Damien Williams goes out with a potential rib injury. The Chiefs' defense, I don't know if they really suffered any injuries, but you have two of your top running backs go out with an injury. Offensive line, uh, Reader goes out. It looked like he hurt his hand. Turns out it was concussion. Passed the test. He's good. Moving forward, the Chiefs have to find a way to stay healthy. They are heading into the bye. Take this opportunity to get that rest. And then the last topic, the last two things I want to talk about. The NFL in Mexico might come to an end because that field was awful. They talked about it pregame on how this field hasn't been played on in two weeks with no soccer. There's been zero concerts on it. And then at the NFL, guys, they did a field grade in last year. It failed. So, of course, they moved the game to L.A. with the Chiefs and Rams. It ends up being the game of the year. And then this year, they gave it an A. Well, when you go and watch the game, or if you even watched it for a little bit, you probably saw someone slip. You saw the grass coming up, the chunks of like just absolute turf, dirt, sod, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was all coming up. Everyone's slipping. It wasn't good. It's not a good look for them. And the NFL doesn't have a, uh, I think, what do you want to call it, a contract, or they're not signed to play their next year. So I'm assuming that this is the end until the maybe the NFL just goes, we're handling the field. 
No one else is messing with it. We're going to make sure that this is taken care of because there's no reason to have a game like this and risk the potential injury of your players who are traveling to an area that they're not used to being in, different elements, different altitude, and then potentially coming back injured. And the last thing I want to make on this game, I am sick and tired of hearing Booger McFarlane. He's so bad. He just says the most random, off-the-wall shit. I learned nothing new during the broadcast. And he said has something to say after every single play. That's the obvious. Oh, he runs a little in-and-out route. No shit. I just watched the same thing. (laughs) You put me in the booth, I'm making the exact same call, Booger. Teach me something that I'm not used to seeing. And I can't wait for Phillip Rivers to retire and come in and take that job next year. Because that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Anthony Lynn probably needs to be fired. And I understand that a lot of his losses um, are one point or one score games. But this team is too talented to be to have this record. And I also understand that they have... You're giving me this look. What do you, what, what do you want to say? Are they are they this talented though? Like the, yeah. the the amount of injuries that are present every single year is disheartening for this team. Dude, they've Whether, been whoever the head coach is. They've been fairly healthy the last three weeks. Sure, at the start of the year they they were very banged up and Gordon was gone, but like they're fairly healthy. They they're missing their left tackles or their both their tackles and they're missing a safety. That's what they're missing right now. Their their star running back missed the beginning half of the year. Dude, he's and been back. their franchise he's quarterback he's been is back falling weeks. apart. Yeah, he's been back for six weeks. Yeah, I, he's been back, but he hasn't been back. Like he's been in the locker room and with the team, but like we've not like he's not been in game shape and ready to perform except the last couple weeks. Then you should be running Eckler a lot more. You should understand the situation. I feel like they did that at the beginning of the year though. They did, and they were playing a lot better. Yeah. I think that he is playing, he is coaching poorly in the sense of just moving on from an, an OC, which clearly wasn't doing that well. But did they choose the right guy to be the OC? I know it's just the quarterback coach. What else are you going to do there? But I mean, he's a running back coach. Like he was the running back coach in, with the Bills. He should understand how to get. Gordon and Eckler in the right position. They're doing that whole fourth quarter. You watch this. For some reason, they decide, hey, wonder what I'm going to do? I'm going to run dive plays with Eckler, and I'm going to do swing routes with Gordon because that's those those two strengths for those guys, not vice versa. Let's do it this way. Let's see if that works. And then, hey, there's no such thing as 15-yard routes anymore. It's like, oh, it's the fourth quarter and we're down. Rivers just fucking throw it as far as you can <laughs> just fucking throw it bro and like just just pray to god that my mike williams comes down with it he will eventually and look at that he did he did one time it was one for seven great odds <laughs> the, like fantastic i mean it's not like hunter henry and keenan allen weren't playing well in the first half let's just not give them the ball in the fourth quarter it, it's a smart thing to do it's smart so what I'm saying is he's going to be on the hot seat. If he's not, there's something wrong with L.A., the Chargers. Well, there's a lot wrong with it. The fact that they moved from San Diego, a loyal fan base, back to L.A. or to L.A. 
I mean, that's one. Two, your quarterback is just throwing games away, literally. That make last the throw. Make the call. If you think he can't win you games anymore, make the call. With who? Easton Stick? Sure. No, what? absolutely not. Philip Rivers is a future Hall of Famer. 100%. Potential first ballot he, he, Hall of Famer. 100% is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Then you're not benching him. You are not benching this guy who has won some of the most consecutive winning games to without a championship yep. behind Dan Marino and Tessa, or Trest of I. What's his name? Testa Quarterback Verde. for the, huh? Testa Verde? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I can't pronounce the name. I don't it's, really mean it's my ben, flaw. First off, I don't really mean Ben Philip Rivers. I was more just trying to get a rise out of you. Like you can't. But at the same time, then make plays that are going to be to his strength. If you're saying that hey, he can't throw the ball down the field as far, and I understand he's still like he just dumps it off a whole bunch. But be more creative then. Be more creative with short routes. I feel like they they're potentially calling those, and Philip Rivers goes. That safety over top is going to bite on the underneath route, and I'm going to hit a deep route. And then as he's shot putting it, that safety goes, I see him going over the top. Watch me catch up to this because <laughs> it just takes forever for that ball to get there. I mean, that son of a bitch just sails. I mean, it just floats up there. It's not like it's being zipped across the air. It's just kind of like, <laughs> INT. Like, that's just what we're seeing late in games. I think there's a whole mess. I think they should keep them. I like the. I like the way the Chargers play. I do like him as a coach. I think they should keep him at least another year, maybe another year or two with a new quarterback and just kind of see what the difference is for that team. Uh, that's all I have to say for this game. Let's go ahead and get into our next one, the Sunday night football matchup between the Bears and the Rams. And this is a game I pretty much watched in my car driving back to Kansas City last night. My weekend was uh, spent on a wedding tour. I'm the wedding date tour because my girlfriend's friends love to get married during football season, and my girlfriend's going to have me be invited. Why are you laughing at me like this? You literally just said, I watched this as I was driving home. All right. So probably shouldn't have admitted that. But, yeah, I had it playing in my car, and up, down, up, down. You know how it works. Jesus Christ. Yeah. At night, can't see, got my glasses on. It's all good. Made it home safely. Here we are. Rolling on. This game was a fucking snooze fest for a majority of it. Mr. Trubisky gets taken out. They say it's a hit pointer that happened early in the game. They eventually take him out. I don't really fucking believe it. It just comes down to the fact of Nagy going, I'm not getting fired for this bullshit. Uh, you're not making the right reads. You're not making throws. I feel bad for Trubisky. Kind of, but he's just in a situation of not succeeding. And this team, this Bears team, is literally a quarterback away from being really, really, really good. Because what their defense did to this Rams was great. Because Jared Goff did not start this game off impressively. He really didn't play impressively. A lot of the deep shots that he had were very schematic. Wide open throws down the field. Trace, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I have a feeling you would have something to say back. But I don't care. Because Jared Goff's deep throws were wide open sons of guns down the field because of a schematic play. And because I got the because I got the play action rolling with the running game, Mr. Gurley starts the game off with a fumble. The Bears had the ball like three times in 10 minutes and got a zero points. A big fat O, an egg. They laid an egg. They skunked themselves, right? They just yeah. 
your kicker missing field goals. They're instead making TikTok videos of them doing the James Harden thing down the field. Uh, come back in and you miss back-to-back field goals. And then it gets to the point where Nagy's like, well, fuck it, we ain't kicking field goals. We're just not going to convert on fourth down. That happens. So if you're the Bears, um, need a new quarterback. What do I got here in my notes here? Uh, Cohen looks good running the ball. He looked good catching the ball. Mitchell Trubisky's one good throw was to Cohen along the sideline because the linebacker can't cover running back. That's good for them. Um, and then the Rams, they're lucky that the Bears can't convert. They're turnover machines to start the game, like I said. Jared Goff, he just absolutely stinks right now. And that's pretty much the basis of this game. The Rams aren't looking good. Their no. offense is not impressive. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of hit everything on the head right there. I just... This Rams team's not making the playoffs. Uh, the Bears are going to be a top 12 pick. Oh, sorry, you don't have that pick. Bummer. Wish you had that pick to take a quarterback. Gosh darn it. Wonder who would be an awesome fit here, actually. Jake Fromm. Ooh. Jake Fromm would be an awesome fit. What do you I trade mean, up to get him? <laughs> I mean, because like, yeah, seriously, right? Because, I mean, like, everybody's would be like, hey, yeah, he's kind of like an Alex Smith type, right? And what Alex Smith did in Kansas City, I mean, I just think it would be great. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have to have like a whole segment on like potential QBs for the Bears. I know there's so many. Yeah, we could have a literally a full episode. Ah, what about this guy? What about this guy? We can name thirty, and yep. they're all better than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, <clears throat> I just hate like. Like, that was a game that the Ra- the Rams should have lost. Bears should have won that. And, like, I just want the Rams to start losing so their pick is better for the Jacks. Like, I, <laughs> it's so frustrating watching the Rams win these type of games when you really don't have any business winning them. Like, this whole team looks like garbage. It's Very crazy. much so. It was nice to see Gurley get, like, fully immersed into the offense, though. Like, you could tell... Everything was based off of the success oh. of Todd Gurley running the ball. Yeah, it was, oh, fuck. If we lose, we're not making the playoffs. Hey, Gurley, you ready? You fresh? We haven't <laughs> played you all year. Hope you're ready. Who's been saying that? They've Locked literally been saving them. Might have waited a little too long. But uh, Jared Goff didn't play as well as we thought he would. Let's roll out to the right. Everyone's covered. Throw the ball away. Nope. Watch me throw an interception. Yeah, I felt like I was watching Sam Darnold. Ouch. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our next game here. Um, the Patriots versus the Eagles. The Eagles were winning this game 10-0 to in the second quarter. Potentially, at one point, they were 17-0. to No, 10-0. to 10-0 to in the second quarter. And then they just start making turnovers. Patriots get field goals. They get the ball back. They convert. Carson Wentz, I have WTF here because just sitting in the pocket, trying to keep things alive, a throw down the field. Nelson Aguilar has literally lost his job. Um, What else do I have here? The Eagles, they hurt themselves. They weren't able to convert on third down. That goes in large part to Nelson Aguilar dropping key passes. Uh, He had a pass in the end zone that he dropped. There was like a third and two where he dropped a slant across the middle. You hate to see it if you're an Eagles fan. And then New England. Like, 
the the forward progress play, that was total shit. That pissed me off. Chase, I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about. You definitely need to go back and watch it. It's just one of those horseshit calls that, of course, goes to New England. Um, it just it adds to my feel there of just hitting them and then getting away with calls. There was a defensive pass interference to start the game that didn't get called on Gilmore. So that added to me watching this game. And I started off watching. This was the first game I watched tonight before the Chiefs game. And I was just kind of in a pissy mood today coming home from work. Traffic, people in traffic just pissed me the fuck off. They can't drive here. I was annoyed. It was dark already. Just wasn't a good start to my evening. And then I come and watch this game. And I was just even more disgusted. Because there's no reason the Patriots should win this game. But they do. Because they don't make mistakes. And the Eagles did. And that's all I have to say. This Patriots team is not going to go to the Super Bowl this year because this offense is so bad. They have no weapons. They have no weapons. Edelman's dropping so many passes this year. Like, every time I see, like, a big third down or something in the end zone, he's dropping balls this year. It's crazy. Something that we're just not used to seeing from Edelman. But I've seen at least four drops from him this year. And they're not getting the running game going. So now Sony Michelle is worthless because he doesn't catch anything. Um, Brady's having a tough time hitting swing routes to James White, which is usually just money in mm-hmm. this. Uh, no protection. No protection. What was it? 14 incompletions in the first half from him. And I understand there was bad wind and everything, but I mean, he was throwing swing routes. You would think that like, I mean, kickers were making kicks from 45 yards. You would think that a throw two yards would be able to be just fine. Um, so yeah, they need some weapons badly. Here's the, here's a question. And I, my answer is no, but I just want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Gronk has his huge announcement tomorrow morning. Is it that he's you coming my back? Mind. Is it because he's coming back? It's probably going to be something silly like his it own is, brand or something with the media. But the what if game of him coming back would be huge for like you talk about the NFL like getting away with the helmet story or like the eruption of Colin Kaepernick changing the practice or whatnot. Like any negativity towards the NFL is just erased with Gronk coming back. Oh yeah. And there go their hands right behind their head again as they kick their feet up on that table going, look at us go, boys and girls. Yeah. Yep, right next to the machine that's just printing money. (laughs) 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 For sure. Um, Never mind. I'm going to save it to next episode. Never mind. I was going to say something. But until Thursday. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our next couple games that Trees primarily has because I didn't have time to watch them before the Chiefs came here. And it's going to be the Falcons and Panthers and then followed up by the Jaguars and Colts. Okay, so back to the Falcons. I mean, man, they're showing up now. Glad you guys decided to show up once November hit. Great, great. Happy to see it. Love to see it. Good for you guys. Um, I mean, in all reality, it's like good for good for the players for not giving up. I think that's actually very cool. And they're playing great. And... Can we see Will Greer yet for the Panthers? I saw you tweet this, you son of a gun. And I just started laughing hysterically. Like, of course, this guy's sitting here going, hey, favorite quarterback out of West Virginia. Let's go. (laughs) He can't throw to the left, but let's go. Let's go. Can we see him yet? Like, that's all I want to know. And, And honestly, though, if 
Allen keeps playing this bad and they don't give Wilger a shot, then why the fuck would they give up on Cam Newton? Cam Newton's back next year. <laughs> if, I if would Alan give up on him either way. He ain't making any other plays either. He's just going to, instead of stepping up in the pocket to throw an interception, he's just going to step up into the pocket and run for it and hurt his shoulder and his ankle at the same time and potentially a knee now, and he's out again, and they're like, here's $19 million fucking dollars to sit there in rehab. Uh, I know. It's awful. But, I mean, Panthers, it's slowly getting away from you, and Allen is just not taking – like, what he did so well the first three games, four games of not turning the ball over, even though he had a few fumbles, but uh, not throwing picks. like A few? That's, I mean, he had like six fumbles in <laughs> three games. Not all of them were turnovers, but it not was all just like turnovers. That's what I meant, though. But because I said turnovers, but um, but I think it's just time. I mean, you spent a third round pick on Will Greer. I think it's getting out of hand at this point. So see what you got in Will Greer as well. I, I think you now know what you have in Allen. Yeah. I, it's I, you're not it's one of those situations not, where you're not a Will Greer guy. I understand that, but it's hey. not even that. It's just being set on losing Cam and having your fan base ready to roll with Allen and seeing this and going, ah, now we don't know about Cam or him. Now we're going to see with this third rounder. Let's say he has a couple good games because defenses aren't used to seeing him and they ride with him all offseason to come in the next year and he just shits the bed. If he, it's, dude, we had this same conversation right before the season started. If that happens, that would be exactly what we predicted. And then they get Trevor Lawrence or they get Justin Fields. We literally had this same conversation three months ago. Look at us go. Look at us go. full <laughs> circle. Here we go. There was just a Brandon Allen twist. That's the only thing that we didn't yeah. put, into, put into play here. <laughs> Freaking damn NFL man! Uh, now your team. Is there anything you want to say about the the Falcons? Anything else? I mean, just good for their defense and special teams, man. They carried them. Good. Uh, you just keep rolling, dude. Oh boy! Yikes! Yikes! Uh, hey, hey, glad glad we we swapped into for Nick Foles. Like he really came. I mean. One, I was totally wrong. I really thought he was going to come out and like be on fire. And the funny thing is, is he did. He started out five for six for eighty-five yards and a touchdown. I was like, "See, this is what I'm. This is what I was hoping for." And then <laughs> they went nine straight possessions without points. Six of those three and outs. Like, how does that happen? How can you do that? And like, it's just unacceptable. And then they, I mean, hey. Doug Marone going down with the fucking ship. Coming out after the game and saying, Nick Foles is the quarterback the rest of the year. All right, Captain. Go down with that sinking ship, bro. Good for you. Oh, you and you and Tom Coughlin can go and retire together, I guess. Um, it's It was bad, dude. It was bad. They have All a shot time. at being a wild card. I know. And the game plan, I don't know what they were thinking. Like They threw it 43 times. And ran it eight. What? Yes. And the game was not out of hand. Like, people can't say that. It was a three-point game at halftime. Three-point game. What happened in the second half? Uh, Let's see. First drive, they went down and scored. Became a two-score game. And then they were like, oh, we better hurry and pass it because we're not going to be able to catch up running the ball. And then they went all pass happy. And 
the offensive line played fantastic in the first half, I thought. They were protecting him. Uh, Leonard Fournette, even though it was like six carries, he was averaging like six yards a carry. He was playing great, and it wasn't any big runs. It was just consistent. And for some reason, this game, they decided not to play Leonard Fournette as much as they had been. Like All year, he's been playing about 85% of the snaps. He was probably down to 65 this week, 70 maybe. Don't know why that was happening. Um, this team desperately still needs another wide receiver. DJ Chark's being a stud, but uh, Conley's Conley's like a great number three, which you know this just from being in Kansas City. Like he's a really, really good number three. But other than that, he's just kind of like Mr. Good. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he makes some plays here, but kind of misses out on some things. Um, and... D.D. Westbrook is kind of just that great, like, slot, like, twitchy guy that can get you first dance when you need it, but, like, you're not counting on him to do huge things. So they just need somebody opposite D.J. Chark. Again, this is the great draft to do it. So, I mean, it's a good time to need have that need. And um, this team, I think I said this after the Houston game, too, team just misses Marcel Darius. Like, he's that, he's that key to that defense. Uh, this linebacking core is god awful. Um, here's my take. Here's my take. Okay. I want them to draft Dylan Moses out of Alabama, even though he's coming off a knee injury. I really want that. Put him at middle linebacker and move Miles Jack back to Will. I want him back at the weak side linebacker. He is so much better at weak side linebacker. And you can you can do so many more creative things on defense when you have a freaky athletic outside linebacker than what you have as a freaky out middle linebacker that's athletic. Like outside, you can do more things on where they play in coverage, if they blitz, if they don't, man to man. Like you can just be more creative there. So um I think right now I'm at they have two first round picks. I am, because Darius is going to be gone, he's owed $20 million. He's going to be gone. Uh, I want them to take Brown, the Auburn defensive tackle, and then I want them to take Dylan Moses, the middle linebacker. And Just go just, ahead and write that down. So when it happens, we know exactly when it happened. Okay. Because that's what I want. Like, I'll just fucking tweet it. I don't give a shit. Like, I, I think that that's just like a great... It's a great combination there for round for your first round pick there, and then in the second round, there's going to be one of those awesome court or wide receivers that fall. One of the awesome wide receivers is going to fall into the second round. Take him with your second round pick. Yeah, damn. That's what I want. Uh, safety's played pretty poorly as well. Um, so for me. It was like, yeah, defensive line got gashed, but like a lot of that still comes back to the linebackers and the safeties not coming up and making a tackle. And here's my nightmare. It's late November, December time. Jaguars struggling against the run. They have to go fucking play Derrick Henry this weekend. I've seen this rodeo before. It's not fun. It's not a good time, Jags. This is like... I thought I was done with this, and you guys like keep making me go back to this shitty rodeo where I have to just watch you get your ass beat over and over by Derrick Henry. I'm just hoping. Can you hold him to a 98 yard touchdown run this this year and not instead 99 again? Like that would be ideal. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Hey, as long as they ain't giving up a 68-yarder, like, you're doing better than the Chiefs did. <laughs> better than the Chiefs. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's kind of my take right now. I, it, it's hard. It's hard to watch Minshew on the bench there. It's hard to understand how, like, they've let so much of this defense go to waste, and it just bothers me. So, that's it. I hear it. I hear you. It's yeah. a confusing time. Uh, your team should definitely be a lot better than what it is, as should the Chiefs. I understand they just got the W last night, but it's still frustrating time uh, as fans of our teams equally, I believe. But that's pretty much all we have for the night. Tree said before we got into it that these were going to be all the game. We were only going to get into a couple games here just due to the fact of all the topics that we wanted to discuss. Uh, we have about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more games that I think we're going to quickly recap next episode just to kind of make up for it. We're not going to have a lot to say because some of them were just blowout. Some of them were expected. And then there's just a couple questions that I have on some of these other games that I want to hear from Treese personally. So with me, oh, Treese has got something here. I see the look in his face. Hey, who's your MVP right now? Oh, man. Uh, Russell Wilson. Who's second? Patrick Mahomes. No, I take it back. Second? Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes would have had a big game tonight, I would be an easy second for me. Probably, It's probably going to go Russell Wilson and then Aaron Rodgers. Really? Who am I overlooking here? Lamar Jackson? Of course. I just We'll talk about that next episode because <laughs> I got plenty. I I mean, I just got notes in my head just fucking churning on this topic. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you can throw them in there right now. It's going to be idiotic for anyone listening to go, well, how can you not say Lamar Jackson at this point in time? He's up there for sure. But like I said, I got plenty that I want to say, Treese. I'm sure you're going to have every argument in the book back. Here he is right here. He's back. No, no, I actually wanted to talk about uh, one last thing because I know we're basically out of time, but um, because I know everybody cares about my season bets, but I went through and looked at all my sheets today, all my, my, my sheets, my betting tickets today, and I was like, oh, winning money here, winning money here. Okay, so I made, I made six season bets, and then I made some postseason bets. Uh-huh. So season bets, I had bills at... Over seven wins, seven and a half wins. So they need eight wins. So they can get that next tomorrow or Sunday. Sorry. They can get that Sunday. I had Broncos under seven wins. They play the Broncos. So that's great. Bills win that. You win me money there. One less game for the Broncos to win. Great there. I did under six and a half for the Bucks. So they basically, if they go three and three, I win money. (laughs) <laughs> so that's three for three there and then i did kyler murray over 3285 passing yards so he needs approximately 117 passing yards per game the rest of the year so Easy. i feel very confident in that um andy dalton under 3800 passing yards uh he's been benched so won that. <laughs> that's great that's five for five and then Thanks, Mr. Matthew Stafford, for getting hurt. You're going to cost me some money. I had him over 4,000 yards, and he was well on pace for it. He was at 2,500. I'm just kidding. So, anyways, 
five for six on season bets. We're not going to talk about postseason ones because teams like the Falcons fucked me. So yeah, whatever. I hate to see it. Hate to see it. Dan Quinn, you can still send me money. <laughs> um, but like you said, we'll talk about all the other games next episode. We're going to talk about Heisman. We're going to talk about college playoffs. I really want to get into some playoff talk and some college talk because we're getting down to the wire here and it's almost like rival week and everything it's going to be a good time so everybody thanks for tuning in tonight we've been talking football